Discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Now, you can't now you can't be a worship leader and you know maybe you have a good voice like minister Caleb and yet you are doing something secret you are just doing it and nobody knows and you stand and wow 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 you see that is not ministry if it was to be vo- nice voices there are so many in the world but whilst you are doing that you remember that the worship is affected. It's demented. It's demented. It's amazing. It affects you. It affects the congregation. That's why you need a young bull. And when the young bull, you need to trust in the Lord. Trust in his propitiatory sacrifice. You need a bull-sized revelation of the completed satisfaction and the efficacy of the eternal blood of the covenant which is able to cleanse you hallelujah and to set your feet on what and to motion you forward and the blood of the lamb can is able to redeem the place of worship and to redeem the worship so when you stand as a leader you are you are, you are in a very what you do affect the people directly or indirectly it is very unique it's very i think it's a spiritual calling it's very unique. Hallelujah. So understand that we leaders, we are in a very sensitive position. Sometimes, like Moses, God told Moses to speak to the rock and went to hit the rock. Yet, God unmet amazing, yet the same effect. Disobedience, yet the same effect. Rebellion, yet the same effect. God said, speak to the rock, but he hit the rock and the water started gushed out for the sake of his people. They were thirsty and they drank of the water out of the flinty rock. Yet, out of that, God said, Moses, Canaan, <laughs> what? <laughs> that, Pastor Michael said, God said, Canaan, lie, lie. <laughs> you will see there, but you're not. Huh. God said, God, you didn't sanctify me. You refuse to sanctify me before the people. So sometimes you could be doing things and that there will be an effect. And you may be thinking, that, wow, there's something right. You are doing something right. That's why. You may be wondering because the effect is coming, but still, you did something wrong. There are many, many a times God is blessed, doing so much because of the people, not because of you. Like Moses, the people were tested and God needed to satiate their test. But you may be thinking, because without understanding, you may think it's me. Oh, how can, by my, even by rebellion, the people are being blessed. A certain minister told someone I know, and that's what the minister said. 
what I'm telling you to shock you. The minister said that, man of God, you should be able to sleep with a woman. Not, not your wife. You should sleep with a woman. <laughs> you should sleep with a woman and just walk boldly to go and minister. That's what he told him. And the man of God said that, he doesn't know, but sometimes when he sleeps with a woman and he gets to the pulpit, the anointing flows in a unique way. <laughs> Which kind of anointing? He said, the anointing flows. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it's happening. It's happening. As someone I know went to minister elsewhere. I mean, this is about three weeks ago. And he said he happened to be in the same room with this, one, with this man of God. And the man of God told him, ah. during that short time, they were, they were ministering for about three weeks. Long. The man of God slept with eight different women. And he never saw the man of God opening the Bible or praying. And the man of God said, Ah, what? You, you. He, he would call the call. Look, I'm, I'm in a room with this man of God. This guy is always praying to disturb me. What? He's always praying. He's disturbing me. <laughs> He's always reading the Bible. And then my friend just called me and said, The thing is amazing. He doesn't know what is happening. But when they go to the meeting too, he would preach. And this, the guy was a prophet. And the guy, prophet would prophesy. And he said that. After, like when the guy takes the microphone, come and see prophecy. And he'll he be wondering. The people are shouting, but he's quiet because he knows. <laughs> he'll be wondering, ah, how can this? And he'll be mentioning people's money, people's phone numbers and money. They, they, you know, this is a serial number or something. He'll just be mentioning that. Just be. And the whole place will go wild. And he'll be moving and people will be falling. Falling. So the Bismarck says that in Africa, falling, you know, another anointing, falling is not power, it's culture. <laughs> Can you imagine? I think so there's some truth in it too. Because Africa people like falling. <sighs> I remember Cape Coast Town Hall, there was a program those days. And this prophet, ah, this lady was just moving. Ah, just as the guy touched her forehead, a little her, ah, all over the place. She was just falling. And they went at the back of the auditorium and she opened her eyes. You know what the lady said? Ah, I thought it was by the Thomas. I didn't know it was you. Yeah. <laughs> it's culture. <laughs> there was this woman, she would never fall until she does this. When there's no usher, she'll never fall. Amazing. But if there's an usher, she'll fall right now. Every time you are ministering to her, I wonder what sort of an anointing will be doing this. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
the male offering. The male offering or the grain offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, with the peace offering, when the offering is given, the meat is eaten by the priest and their family. The, even their wives or their daughters can eat the peace offering. But when it comes to the grain offering, the grain offering is eaten only by the males. No female is, able, is, is, is permitted to eat it. Now this is type. This is in the Old Testament. It doesn't mean that if you were a woman, you are not permitted to participate in the things of God. That is a type. That means that when it comes to the grain offering, you need a lot of strength and spiritual energy. It speaks of the principle of a male, strength and maturity. Male. The grain offering. And let's see what the grain offering is. We can find all of this in Leviticus chapter 2. Leviticus chapter 2. Let's open our Bibles to Leviticus 2. And see what is there. And when any offer a meat offering, or a grain offering, yeah, unto the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, he shall pour oil upon it, and frankincense thereon. So fine flour, produced out of wheat. You know, fine flour speaks of the humanity of Jesus Christ. Fine flour is humanity. You know, but Bible speaks of fine flour, describing that you know, Jesus' humanity was very fine. It was not rough. It was not uneven. It was not unbalanced. It was not coarse. It was very fine. It speaks of the humanity of Jesus when he was on earth. Jesus was a perfect man. But Jesus is perfect. He was perfect whilst he was on the earth. Hallelujah. Man's perfect God. God's perfect man. But fine flower. Most of us, our humanity is not fine. That pastor is anointed. But you cannot stand his anger. His anger. You know, we are not fine like that. But with Jesus, he's the only one who is firm, but not hard. He's the only one who is gentle, but not soft. <laughs> he's the only one who is meek, yet full of ma- meek, but full of majesty. Jesus is humble, but not timid. He's bold, but not proud. Now sometimes, with us, you can't, we, sometimes you, you yourself, you can't even know whether you are proud or bold. When you do something, you wonder. This time I did cry. <laughs> a man of God told him that this is he can he can't tell whether he's humble or proud. That's what he said. He can't tell. <laughs> so the fine flour. But what happened was that oil was poured upon the fine flour. It was mixed with the fine flour. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 4. Let me show you something in verse 4. Let's go to 4 and come back. And thou shalt bring an oblation of the grain offering baking in oven. It shall be unleavened cakes of fine flour mingled with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil. So when you you can go back, there are two words. Two words. The fine flour is both 
mixed with oil and anointed with oil. Two things. Mixed with oil and anointed with oil. Mixed with oil. Now when the flour is mixed with oil, you cannot separate. The two have become one. If it tastes the fine flour, it tastes the oil. When you meet Jesus, you've met a spirit. If you want to taste a spirit, just taste Jesus. Essentially. Yet, we see him anointed at Jordan. So the fine flour is both mixed with mingled with the oil, mingled with the fine flour, and it's also anointed. So we see Jesus. Essentially, he cannot separate him in the spirit. Yet in his ministry, at the threshold of his ministry, he was anointed. Hallelujah. He was anointed. You must understand that. You must understand the Lord Jesus, the Lord's dealings on earth. How he ministered, he was in the ministry as a man. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's his humanity, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as a man. To do all these wonderful works. The Spirit of the Lord, Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. So that speaks of the fine flower of the wafers that are anointed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To step into ministry and to do great works. And I believe we are anointed for great, great works and greater works for his name's sake. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's Jesus. But do you know something? In the Bible, in Galatians, the Bible says that walk in the spirit. And he shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. Then in Romans 8, 3 and 4, the Bible says that walk after the spirit. Now we walk in the spirit and we walk after the spirit. We have to fulfill both. We walk in the spirit. We walk after the spirit. We walk after the after the spirit. Romans eight, verse three. Yes, verse four is okay. Okay, this is the fifth. Okay, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So there's something like walking after the spirit, after the spirit. There is one thing that the man who walk after the spirit cannot do. He cannot run ahead of the spirit. To run after the to walk after the spirit means you are a follower, not a leader. To walk after the spirit means signifies subjection. You are a follower. To walk after the spirit means that you are led by the spirit. The spirit becomes your leader. It means that you don't initiate anything by your own. You follow him. You walk after the spirit. One of the greatest lessons in ministry is to walk after the Spirit. In ministry. In ministry, if you don't take time, you can do so many things for the Lord is not approving. We need to learn to walk after the Spirit. Because there are many things you will pray and pray. I'm telling you, there are very, very few things you see visions about. 
Ask all the leaders here. There are many, it's not everything that you see. The Lord said, Oh, go to Edom and evangelize tomorrow. Or go to. There are people who think that everything they do, they have to hear a voice before they do it. Because when you hear about the men of God and how they were hearing from God, is it sometimes they heard from God once in five years old? Like that audible voice like that. It's not, you may think it's just constant. So we too, we the young one, we hear, remember as a, as a young Christian, every, every meeting I go, someone come and say, and the Lord said to me, hey, this is the Lord said to me. Because me, me, I never heard God speaking to me. Every meeting, someone come, and the Lord spoke to me. So every time I'll go in and say, hey, why is that God doesn't speak to me? How is the voice like? <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me, and I heard. Every, you know, and I heard. And I heard. From SU days, through Tasha, and I heard. At the time, I was becoming suspicious. So this thing isn't, isn't this something they are thinking and they say ahead. Because someone prophesied in a meeting. Can you imagine? I prophesied that the Lord says, I mentioned the person's name, the person should fast for 10 years. <laughs> I mean, church prophecy. That says the Lord. Uh, the next week, now listen, the next week at a, a similar service, the same woman professed again that I'm the Lord and I've had mercy on thee because I've seen a repentant heart. I've reduced it to one year. <laughs> to reduce the fasting to one year. The fasting has become a punishment. Fasting has become a punishment. Sometimes we need to learn by, the, by the, the, our union with the spirit and cultivating the spirit life and knowing the mind of the spirit and the, the dealings of the spirit in our hearts. And we have to learn how to walk after the spirit and never initiate anything by yourself. In, in ministry, in ministry is very tempting. When everybody is doing something, to, oh, 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 let's do it. But God may not be... Dealing with it that way. You can't measure your successes in ministry, in ministry by what others are doing. You can't measure your success in ministry by what others are doing. Understand that the callings are unique. And please follow your lane and rejoice with the brethren. But follow your lane. Never become what you are not to. Don't seek for places of prominence. Function as you are, not as you prefer to be. Don't have the desire to be a star. Don't use Jesus as a channel to achieve your primary interest. Let Jesus himself be your ambition, your goal, your focus, and your primary interest. You have to begin right, with the right mindset. Jesus is our prospect. Don't think you are in ministry that one day God will show you to the world that a new star is born. <laughs> Let not no. Of course, that, that thought is always fighting with us. But let it not be your preoccupation. Walk after this. About so that Joshua and Caleb, they have a, they had a different spirit. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew in the Hebrew, the word different means following. They had a following spirit. They had a following spirit. 
They had a following spirit. Brethren, we dare not to make us, we dare not make ourselves of the number, nor commend ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves with themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Let us not seek to become anything. A lot of these things are borrowed from the world into the church. Let's keep the simplicity of, our, of, of the heart. I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. Paul said, I am jealous over you with the jealousy of God. Because I espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But now I fear, lest as the serpent beguile Eve through his subtlety, your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity of the devotion of Christ. Just walk with him. If you are called to serve under a leader, do it as unto Christ. Don't seek for places of prominence. We do that because we don't understand the dealings of the body. We, we don't truly Last week I was, just, I was teaching on the body of Christ. Now I was telling them that, look at my body. The Bible says that we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. So you don't know where you are. You can be, a, you can be the finger or you can be a ligament or a sinew or a joint or a band within the body. Because we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. You understand? But we are all the many membered body of Christ. And I ask the question. Assuming you are the hand. If you are the hand, everybody sees you. The hand is holding a microphone. We all see the hand. The hand is like a visible ministry. The lime speaks of the limelight. Because the hand, sorry, the, the hand speaks of the limelight. Everything you do is the hand. But do you know that you can do without the hand? Maybe through an accident, it can be amputated. And you still live. Without the hand, you still live. But there are some members in the body. They are not seen like the liver. We don't see the visible ministry like the liver. But if you cut the liver off, what will happen? Yeah. So, beloved, there are some ministries. And this, this, is, this is what Paul said. Those members of the body which seem to be less feeble and necessary. The word necessary means indispensable. Those members of the body which seem to be less feeble and necessary. And much more. God has conferred the more abundant honor on the parts that lacked. So you may be doing, you may be in a ministry, and your pastor is always speaking. Your pastor is always here. Your pastor, and you feel like, oh, when, <laughs> when shall I be a star? <laughs> how long, Lord? How long? I've been serving this man for years. He's never given me the pulpit. He's never. Please, don't desire the puppet. If we are a liver, because we don't understand who we are, we think of the world. If we are a liver, no one sees you, but your ministry is indispensable. We cannot do without you. You understand? I cannot do without you. I may be the hand working outwardly. People may be saluting me, but notwithstanding, from heaven's perspective, your ministry is indispensable. Your ministry is much valuable. Let that which is highly esteemed in the eyes of men is an abomination before God. Let's live by the estimation and the accounting of heaven and how heaven sees and how heaven accounts things and how heaven makes account for things. Just take your place with joy. Take your place with joy. You know, there was a man who used to work, work with Charles Finney. Charles Finney had two guys, Father Nash and Father Clary. 
and, and Chasmini, wherever he goes, there were great revivals. But later on, Father Nash became offended. Because if Chasmini was coming here, Father Nash would come two weeks ahead of him and pray. He would pray. Spend the two weeks seeking the Lord. And when Chasmini comes, tremendous works of God. But just Father Nash said, he has been in the secret for a long time. He has been away from the limelight. It seems that he's not noticed. He's not noticed. Why would I do all these years of ministry? And Finney has not even given me opportunity. So they separated. If I hear anyway, Father Nash or Father Clary to any senior pastor here, don't lose your position. All of you know you are a liver. You are an indispensable member of the body. To the glory of God the Father. Alright, quickly. So there's oil and there's a frankincense. Next. All of this is talking about the humanity of Jesus. In his humanity you see the spirit. Such a tremendous mystery. <laughs> and you see the frankincense. You know, the frankincense in the middle of the speaks of Christ as a fragrant aroma to the Father. And when Jesus was on earth, whatever he did was a fragrant aroma to God. His thought life was a fragrant aroma. His speech was a fragrant aroma to the Father. His walk was a fragrant aroma to the Father. Whatever he did, wow. The Father just wanted to see him. His speech was a fragrant aroma. His talk was a fragrant aroma. His walk was a f- his everything. It's Jesus. We are unto God a sweet savor of Christ. In them that perish and in them that are saved. We are a sweet savor of Christ. The frankincense. When Jesus was born, the wise men brought what? Gold, frankincense, and men. Wise men. How many were they? <laughs> No, I said the three wise men. Because of the three items, we always think they were three. But remember that when they entered Jerusalem, the Bible said that the whole city was moved. So they came with donkeys and horses. So I don't think the whole city would be moved by three guys. They know even <laughs> the whole city was moved by their coming. That's what the scripture said. And they came to present all of these parcels. And the gold speaks of his deity. His deity. His deity. The frankincense speaks of his fragrant aroma. And man speaks of his death. You know, some of us are very nice, but when we are under pressure, we, we, we can easily lie. You know, sometimes you can say, oh, for me, I always speak the truth. Truth. But when you are under pressure, you, you lie without any previous contemplation. <laughs> Someone said Jesus. <laughs> under pressure. So your real trial is when you're under pressure. When you're under pressure. You know, the frankincense is burned under heat. It under heat, the aroma or the savor arises. So Jesus was. A fragrant aroma, aroma to the Father. And that frankincense, it is out of heat that 
the aromatic spices flows out. That means that when pressure was laid on Jesus, when he was under pressure, he never compromised. When pressure was laid on him, glory and beauty issued out of him. When he was on the cross and when he was pierced and going all through all this pain, you know what he said? Father, forgive them. You. <laughs> no one has even offended you, but die, 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 die. No one has even. <laughs> But just think of it. Jesus, at that height of pain, Father, forgive them. In Psalm 4, verse 2, the psalmist said, In the pressure, thou hast enlarged me. King James said, In distress. But the other version said, In pressure, you have enlarged me. When pressure is laid on you, pressure has a way of enlarging you. Sometimes when you are in a fix, there are some people when they have money, when they have money, wow, have the life of God. Hallelujah. Ha! The life of God is in me. The life of God is in me. I know some people, when things are going well, powerful confession. But when there's no money and they are in distress, they sink into coma. They sink into coma and after three days, they have not resurrected. <laughs> yeah. Pressure. Pressure from every side. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. When reading it in the original Greek, he said, We are hard pressed, but not suffocated. No, Paul we are troubled not on some side, on every side. Everywhere we are troubled. We are perplexed. One version said perplexed but not unto despair. So we think that in Christianity you can never be perplexed. So Christianity is not the absence of weakness. It is the presence of power. <laughs> now, Paul said there is this treasure in earthen vessels. There is a treasure and there is an earthen vessel. Christianity is not the absence of the earthen vessel. There is the presence of the treasure. So, Christianity is not just the treasure. Neither is it just the earthen vessel. It is the treasure in the earthen vessel. Because, listen, when you work in Christ, you experience a certain paradoxes. Paradox. Paradoxes. I know what I'm speaking in right English. Paradoxes. <laughs> uh-huh. Paradoxes. You will experience power in the midst of weakness. You cannot touch a treasure without touching the clay. There's this treasure in jars of clay. That's the Greek. You cannot touch the treasure without touching the jar of clay. Sometimes when you are weak, that's when you, have, you are strong. Don't you realize that sometimes in the midst of doubt, that's where we have the greatest faith. Sometimes when you are cast down, discouraged, or when you are in the midst of fear, you have the greatest courage. Yeah. The good news is that Paul said that we are perplexed but not unto despair. Hallelujah. Fragrant. 
And as a leader, every word of yours count. Like the Lord Jesus. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your lips. Your speech must be seasoned with salt. Must always be with grace. Your maturity primarily, maturity primarily is in the way you, the things you say. Maturity. If any man is able to bridle his tongue, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle his whole body. Praise God. Now, there's something. The, the meal offering was baked. There were three kinds of baking. With a meal offering. Let's see. Let's go back to Leviticus. And if, the, if thou bring an oblation of a meat offering, baking in the oven, and if the oblation be a meat offering, baking in the pan, the next verse, and if the oblation be a meat offering, offering baking in the frying pan, so there are three levels of baking, baking in the oven, baking in the pan, and in the frying pan. Can you imagine? But in those days, the oven was covered and hidden with kind of earthenware, a portable earthenware, and the items were placed in this portable earthenware. The oven was covered, and you put the items in, the, in, in it, and you bake it. The pan was covered. Listen, the oven was open. The pan was covered. The frying pan was half covered. The oven was what? The pan was what? No, I just, I think I've, I've, we have the oven. The oven is the first one. The oven was, that oven was covered. The pan was open. The frying pan was half open. Please. The oven was what? Covered. The pan was open. The frying pan. Don't think of the frying pan like the one you use on your... I think that's what you are thinking. (laughs) Now, and this was what the bacon was done. And the bacon, by fire speaks of sufferings. It speaks of the three categories of the sufferings of Jesus. The one that was... The oven was a covered one. It speaks of the sufferings of Jesus that was hidden from public view. There were so many sufferings he underwent through that the public never saw it. The year 1998, I was lying down and I heard a voice speak to me, spoke to me, and a voice said, Do you know what the Jews intently did unto Jesus? Do you know what the Jews intently did unto Jesus? He went through so many sufferings that eyes could not see, could not see publicly. A lot of pain. And leaders, that's what happens. Sometimes you experience the oven where you, you go through, you are offered for the service and the sacrifice of the people, but it's not open. You have to treasure it. The things that are done in secret are treasure unto God. It's for God's satisfaction. You are praying all night for the, for the, for the people. Night and day, praying exceedingly that you may, you may see your face and perfect that which is likely in your face. Doing things for them, going on your knees for them. Hallelujah. If you're a leader, you have to love the people. The service, the sacrifice. I remember I was pastoring some congregation some years ago and, and the Lord laid on my heart and there were not so many, so I write all their names and place them on my wall. On my wall. It's a very small congregation. There were, there were 40. They, they got 120. Place them on my wall. So I have men, you, all of them, 
at least when they are on your wall, you have their names and you pray for them. Other times, my ministry was primarily prayer. So sometimes I could pray 15 minutes for each of them. You just carry them in your heart. Hallelujah. I said it because of what I'm saying. The thing is that there are things you have to do that is not for public view. It, it goes with great sacrifice. And our generation is not like that. Have you realized in our generation, every little accomplishment people do, it comes on Facebook. And you must be careful because you must, you must know what to come out and what not to come out. Otherwise, you will lose your reward. You lose your reward. The story, one story, Regina said, a woman came to her and said, man of God, I've been praying for you. I've, I've been praying. Really, really, been, I've been praying. Regina said, the instant he left, the, the Lord said to her, she has already received her reward. Sometimes, what we do for people in secret, we always want them to know. There are times they need encouragement and the Lord will lead us to do it. But some of the great sacrifices, it's, it's to be rewarded on that day. Hmm. Everything you do must, must be seen. Everything. Pastor, this is what I've done. Oh, this is what everyone must know. Every giving you give, everyone must see. Anyway, that is not a quality of the life we have received. Huh. Hallelujah. There is the oven where the things, your sacrifices are not seen. But of course, there is the pan. The pan, Jesus suffered much openly. And we see it, in, we see it when you read there were many eyewitnesses. There are things, of course, everyone will see you are doing. And there are the frying pan. There are things that Jesus did. It's as if it's covered, yet it is open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a mystery of the frying pan. I don't have much light for the frying pan, but there's a certain mystery of the frying pan. <laughs> I don't know how you can suffer with, by being known and by not being known. Paul said, as known, as unknown, yet well known. As chastened, yet we are not killed. And in, the, in, in, in Jesus' life, there was no living. There was no living. You know, living speaks of evil. In Galatians, well, in Corinthians, in Corinthians, it speaks of evil practices. In Galatians, it speaks of evil doctrine. In Corinthians, it speaks of malice and wickedness. Huh. But living, you know, living is the, you know, living is east. It causes the bread to swell. In the olden days, their bread is not like our bread, the bread we eat today. Their bread was like flat, like our biscuit. It was called a matzah. Flat. It was flat and it was pierced. And the pierced holes form strips. Because it pointed to, and it was half bent. Because it pointed to Christ. How that he was pierced. And you see the stripes at his back. And it was half bent because as a lamb was roasted, he absorbed God's wrath on the cross. That's how the master, the, 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 the meal offering was like. And it was flat because the living caused it to swell, to puff up. And that description has the imagery of pride. 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 And one of the sins that can easily creep into us without noticing is pride. Especially, pride comes after great victory. After great victory. Sometimes you don't know when you have, you have drifted into it. 
It can be in your conversations. It can be in your heart. It can sneak behind. And most of the times, after great victory, it comes. And we, the servants of God, there are two things we have to decorate ourselves with. Two things. Two things that will give you great honor in heaven. Humility and love. These two things. If you can keep the garment of humility without losing it, great is your reward. If you can walk in love, great is your reward. And you, the leaders, our responsibility is great. You know what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 3, 18? He prayed to the church that their love will increase and abound one towards another and towards all men, even as our love abounds toward you. To the end, he may establish your heart unblameable in, 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 in holiness. Unblameable in holiness. He may establish your heart before the Father at the coming of our Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he said. So he's saying that he prayed for the church that their love will increase. First Thessalonians 3, 13, 14. Increase and abound. And he used to words increase. Our love will increase and abound one towards another and towards all men. Increase is pleonazo. Abound is perisio. Increase is something that is in thousands. But abound is something in trillions. Now increase is something you can count. Plenty. But abound is something you cannot count. He said our love should increase unto the overflowing. Towards the brethren and towards all men. Even as we do towards you. That means that as the leaders love the congregation, the congregation can love them all. The more we love them, the more they are able to love. Even as we do towards you, that's what Paul said. So we love them and they are able to love. We love them and they are able to love. The more we love them, the more they are able to love. You see, love is the reaction. The more we receive it, the more we are able to give. Humility is key. Praise God. In our hearts, in our mind. The greatest freedom is having nothing to prove and having nothing to hide. The greatest freedom, having nothing to prove. Once I was with it, I was in a, a certain nice car, four by four, beautiful car, and someone was in a trust row by my side. The person saw me and hid himself. So I was wondering, who is this person? So later on, I met this guy, and the guy told him that Charlie, I was in the trust row, but when I saw you, I was so ashamed that, you know, seeing where you are and where I am, and I know we are mates, and you know how you have made it in life and how. I had to hide myself. I said, brother, that car was somebody's car. You see, people's mindset. <laughs> so, why? Wh- wh- hide yourself. That same spirit that causes you to hide yourself, in the other way, can cause you to think you are above everybody. Sure. You know, the greatest freedom is having nothing to prove, nothing to hide. Be as you are. It's so sweet. It's, it's deliverance. Put on the garment of humility. D.L. Moody said, the beginning of greatness is to be little. The increase of greatness is to be less. But the perfection of greatness is to be nothing. Amazing. And there is no honey. There is no honey. You know, honey is human. You know, honey is very sweet. Is that not so? 
Hmm. It's sweet, but it easily ferments. And when it comes under heat, it becomes sour. And God said, no honey. In the great offering, as Jesus is like, honey is, and this is a very unique, honey is human sweetness and human kindness. You, when you have human, when you have honey, you want to be nice to everybody. You don't want to step on everyone, anybody's toe. When you have only honey, when you have to say no, you cannot say no. <laughs> you know? Because as a leader, there are times you have to say only no. Is that not it? But oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to be nice to everybody. But at the end of the day, that nice kind of niceness will cost you. Because honey ferments. It undergoes fermentation. There are things we do that is humanly sound and good, yet it's deprived of the very life of the Lord. Honey. Actually, never can you say no when you have to say no? Years ago, a certain lady spoke to me because she nearly slept with a certain guy because she thought that by doing that she could win the guy for the Lord. That's what she told me. She said that that's a way of expressing the love of God. By laying down her life. <laughs> that's what she told me. Honey means that you don't you seek to follow the spirit, not necessarily to be nice to everybody, in quotes. Sometimes Jesus was very hard. <laughs> the, the, the Herodians came to Jesus and said, We know that thou art a teacher sent from God, and thou carest not for the persons of men. Well, ah, for, for Jesus, I mean he doesn't compromise with some things. You know, go tell that fox. That's what he spoke concerning Herod. Go tell that fox. He didn't say, Oh, it doesn't matter, you know. You see, you know, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, Herod, you, you, no, he, he never missed words. His no is no. His yes is yes. Where he has to discipline, discipline must come. Where he has to correct, correction must come. Where he has to rebuke, Paul said, rebuke them soundly. Yeah. Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Aha. Uh-huh. That's how to raise kids. You know, also. When you oh, he said today in America the kids are we we're discussing last week the kids are so rebellious and disobedient in America because if you correct them the courts you have a letter from the court <laughs> touch not my anointed <laughs> yeah yeah that's what the Bible said have to discipline, when to say no, when to refuse, when to accept, when to, and as a leader you have all of these options. It's almost like you are stepped on the feet of people. Sometimes it's necessary as a leader because of the choices you have to make. Yeah. You have to be so strong and firm. You have to be free and firm as a leader. You have to be free and firm. So those kind of opposite things, those glorious virtues, sometimes they, because of human weakness, there are people who are extreme kind and they cannot discipline. There are people who are extreme hard and they cannot show kindness. So, so we are not fine flour. We are just unbalanced. Yeah. Either we are hard 
or we are so soft. So sometimes when you are soft, God will give you a hard wife. And when you are hard, God will give you a soft wife. So just after three years, you realize that there's a balance. You are becoming better. You know, the word help meet, I will give him and help meet, means one who is opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife is not like me. Uh, when I want to say she wants to stand, why? Because God is teaching you to go halfway. <laughs> and she's also learning from you to come half, halfway. Yeah. Because there are times, even giving must be by the Spirit. You know that. Even giving must not be by. Yeah, there are even giving. Even giving. When our giving is led by the Spirit of God, it carries the power of redemption. It's not just compassion. Our compassion must be subject to the Spirit. Oh, I feel like, oh. But do you know that there are times when you're led by the Spirit, the Spirit of God will say no. But sometimes, we don't know when He says no. (laughs) One man of God said, if the Holy Spirit is to be withdrawn from the church, 90% of the activities in the present day church will go on, and nobody will see that there is any change. (laughs) Yeah. There are times the Spirit of God will say no. Or someone comes to borrow your money. You know that within you, that is challenge. Oh, okay, let me see. Oh, mm. well, 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 well. Let me give it to you. But at the end of the day, to destroy the relationship is honey. Honey is sweet to begin with, but at the end of the time, at the end of the day, to ferment. It's so appealing, but it doesn't, it doesn't last. And when it comes under fire, it is sad. When it comes, when such human tendencies comes under trial and distress, the relationship is destroyed. And you met the, the, the you met you met a guy, a guy. Can't see. Sometimes you ladies, you meet a guy, and the guy is honey. You should distinguish between those who come as honey. And, and your words drop like the honeycomb. Your, your eyes are like the dove's eyes. Your lips are like the skeletons of trade. Your eyes like, are like the fish pools of Hezbon by the gate of Beth Rabim. I, I love you with a very. But with, without you, I have no life. You are my living. You are my existence. <laughs> People can say things. <laughs> People can say things. And some of the ladies today love those words. Boys. Charlie, the guy. <laughs> Guys. Then, after a while, when there's pressure, after a while, I realize that the, family, the, the hand is fermenting. Is it not the same guy? Then you weep. He said he laid down his life for me. But now I'm laying down my life for him. <laughs> what, what, what is that? Take my heart and I run on batteries. <laughs> Can you imagine? You take my heart and I run on batteries. <laughs> So some people come and realize that this one is honey. 
Don't just accept proposals like that. Prove all things. You have to approve the things which are excellent. Test all things. Design all things. Prove all things. Yeah. Allow time to vindicate you. Sometimes your heart is captured and raptured. <laughs> just a lady smiled. The lady just, the lady just said hi. And you can't even sleep. <laughs> and lots of those things can be honey. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in all of these things, the Bible says that there must be the salt of the covenant in the, in the grain offering. The salt of the covenant, there must be salt. Salt is that which, you no, know, salt is that which removes gems, terminates corruption, and preserves things in the original state. Why is it that there is so much rubbish on earth today? Everywhere, but the earth is not smelling. But there are salt everywhere. Salt in in the sea, salt in rocks, salt in water. The earth. He are the salt of the earth. He's saying that because there's salt in the earth, in rocks, in the lands, through rain, through water in the rocks, through the sea, there's salt in the earth. So the earth is not rotten. The earth is not smelling. Yeah. And they terminate corruption. They kill gems. And they have a way of preserving things in the original state. Salt. And all of this answers to the cross. Because the cross answers to the salt of the everlasting covenant. It's the cross that kills corruption. At the same time preserving God's original purpose in its original state. Anytime we apply the cross, we are able to terminate applying the efficacy of the cross. Praise God. I, I just want to summarize the trespass offering. Some, some, some of the verses cause it the guilt offering. It's twofold. You can find that in Genesis, so, sorry, Leviticus 5 and 6, chapter 5 and chapter 6. And the trespass offering is two. It's twofold. There is a propitiation aspect and a restoration aspect. The propitiation aspect and the restoration aspect. Leviticus chapter 5 and chapter 6. The propitiation the propitiatory aspect and the restoration aspect. The propitiatory is when man sins against God, the things he has to do, or when he sins against the holy things, the iniquity of the holy things. The Bible calls something the iniquity of the holy things. Can you imagine you can have iniquity in the holy things? <laughs> you can be worshiping, oh, hallelujah. Yet your mind. It's on your girlfriend somewhere. You, are, you have lifted up your hands. Yet, if let's forget about girlfriend, but you are thinking, hey, oh, this service is closed. This food is getting cold. <laughs> this food is getting cold, though. Hey. The iniquity of the holy things. <laughs> the Bible said that Aaron shall bear the iniquity of the holy things. Everyone that they say, Christ bears the iniquity of the holy things. That's why our worship can be accepted by God today. 
Otherwise, we'll never have, we'll never have been qualified. But a propitiatory sacrifice, but my concentration today, because of times on the restoration, there's a propitiation which is towards God and the restoration which is towards man. Towards man. The propitiatory and the restoration. And take time to read the two chapters. I'm just trying to summarize it. And the Bible says that if you offend a brother through many means, the Bible gives examples. Sometimes by even keeping his property, you know, keeping his property whilst he wanted it and damaging it, that is even there. You have to give a trespass offering. And in a trespass offering, you don't pay 100%. You pay 120%. You add the fifth part onto it. Uh-huh. But you see, the restoration comes before the propitiation. The restoration is the restoration of human relationship before the restoration of man and God relationship. In order, he brought the restoration for the propitiation. Because in Matthew, Jesus said that if you come to offer your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has ought against thee, first leave that gift on the altar and go and amend human relationship before divine relationship. So, in ministry, one of the things you have to be aware is relationship. And the Bible says that if you offend a brother, you are going to pay the trespass offering. You don't pay 100%. You pay 120%. What does it mean? For instance, maybe we, we had an argument and we had some hard argument and I felt that I, I didn't do something right. And I come to you. I said, oh, man of God, I'm so sorry for what I did. I know I didn't do well. I'm sorry. I didn't speak right. Uh-huh. But man of God, I think that you should also have done, you know, I think that, I think you should, next time, <laughs> you know, I, I think the next time you should also, you know, the way you also did it was done very well. I'm given 100% just to compense. That may be the case. He also didn't do well, but when I'm going, I don't have to go and pay 100%. That's what is a just recompense. This, I acknowledge my fault, but man of God, you were also at fault. I, my, but next time, no. He said, when I go, I don't pay 100%, I pay 120%. <laughs> so, when I go, I take, the, I take the blame on myself. I'm sorry for, and leave the rest to God for the restoration of human relationship. Hallelujah. Yeah. You, you pay the 120%. When it comes to ministry, the trespass offering and the guilt offering and, and the restoration, when it comes to human relationship and relation to other ministries and ministers, the, the thing to guide is this thing, your vocal cavity. If you are able to pass this test, you are blessed indeed. As much as it lies in you, do an your possible best not to speak against men of the other men of God. Hallelujah. Keep that honesty in your heart. Especially when a man of God has failed. We make it a discussion. Church, have seen this pastor. God has dealt with him. I knew it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> it has happened so many times in church history. We must carry all of each other in our heart and let love, 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 love. 
Because can you rejoice when another minister is, is doing well? Can you rejoice? You should be able to rejoice. It's a pretty, pretty thing. You should be able to rejoice. Some years ago, I was in Western Region and something happened and I will never forget in my life. There was this man of God, noble man of God. He is now in the U.S. And we went to visit him. I mean, he's a senior, fascinating man of God. We went to visit him and when we went, the man was so happy. He was so happy. This man is just a great inspiration. I mean, he was the one who inspired me when it comes to preaching. Such, such a great inspiration. And now, this, I went to this pastor, and he was, he was just rejoicing, jumping all around, happy. So we asked him, we just asked him, why, why was he happy like that? He said, hmm, he's had the greatest news in his life. ICGC Church, their pastor, it was Pastor Appreciation Day, the members have bought a, a, a car for their pastor. He can't understand the faithfulness of God. And the man was so happy. Meanwhile, he's not even your friend. <laughs> he's not your church. I mean, he was, it impacted my life. So, hey, so this is Christianity. <laughs> he was so happy for another person's success. You know what Paul said? If one member suffers, the whole body suffers. If one member is honored, all the body rejoices. It, 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 and that's the reality. If there is a wound in the body, the whole body of martial forces to, to bring healing and to remove toxins and supply blood. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor T has, Pastor T now, he knows a lot of medical things. <laughs> Doctor by association. It's like these days, he can't even prescribe medicine and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and the boldness with which he speaks I don't think his wife will even do that as if he is even there hey, the man of God <laughs> the impartation is strong <laughs> ah, that's how the body is rejoice for one another rejoice. you know how to secure your heart if you are not rejoicing too much give yourself and be praying for the person just pray for the person and set in your heart not to speak against the person, but just pray. Before you realize your heart is coming. It's essential for ministry. And you know the lesson of um, the sons of Noah. Noah went and he drank. I, I don't understand Noah. Uh, no, 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 let me tell you something. I don't understand him because when the world was under corruption, when it was violent, the guy was upright in character. And in spite of all that was happening, the Bible said he was blameless. But when the world had been destroyed at that time and there was the new order and there was peace and innocence and there was no temptation, that is when he fell. <laughs> and he drank. Uh, I guess, ah. You have to be mindful of victory. After victory, ah, ah, life was what at all. Let's just think of ourselves. I know some brethren there. Eh? <laughs> when, when, when they are at ease, they just get some snaps and just, I mean. <laughs> and the guy drank, uh, he became loosed. He became lazy, just naked. He was wrong. 
But two sons. We have two sons. Ham came and exposed his nakedness. Shem and Japheth came and went backward and covered his nakedness. So two categories of sons. Covering sons and exposing sons. We have covering sons, we have exposing sons. You see, when a leader, listen, your pastor, let me see your pastor. You feel like, ah, your pastor is not doing something right. What do you have to do? What of if your pastor is wrong legitimately? Let me tell you something. Noah was wrong legitimately. But Ham thought he was addressing human failure, not knowing he was touching divine government. Be careful the things you address. Don't exercise yourself in matters that are too high for you. Miriam thought that, ah, Moses is my, my junior brother. Have you forgotten my history? When Pharaoh was killing all the children, how that I took him and put him in Baal-Rashes and put him on the, on the river. I was the one who went to call his mother to the daughter of Pharaoh. You, Moses, let me advise you. Sit down. I'm a senior brother. Aaron, come. You are Moses' senior brother. Let's advise him. Let's talk to him. God doesn't speak to you alone. They were just saying. All of a sudden, God appeared. They were addressing Moses' marriage. Because Moses said, don't marry outside Israel. And you, Moses, you're going to marry an Ethiopian woman. Black. Black woman. The one man of God said that it could be as that Miriam didn't want the black skin. Black people. So God said, all right, Miriam, I'll teach you a lesson. Do you think that white is the way? And she became leprous. <laughs> she, she became whiter than white. So this is what you prefer. <laughs> the thing is that God spoke to Aaron and Moses and Miriam and Aaron. Wherefore were you not afraid to speak to my servant, speak against my servant Moses? God didn't justify. God just can't imagine. I mean, the way God showed up because God was angry. So I, if I call prophet, I will appear to him in dreams and visions. That is not how I speak to my servant Moses. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. Even apparently and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Amazing. And Aaron, they didn't, nothing happened to Aaron until because of the garment. When he removed it, he died. So beloved, Sons of senior pastors here, are you going to be harm or shame? Or are you going to be an exposing son or a covering son? Are you going to walk backward and cover him or are you going to expose him? The failure of a leader is a test to all of us. If Noah had not failed, there would have been no test amongst the sons. The failure of a leader sometimes would determine our demotion or promotion. Through Noah's failure, Ham was demoted in his seed and Shem and Japheth were promoted. When Noah was drunk, I thought that when Noah woke up from his drunkenness, he would have to apologize to Ham. I thought Noah would say, oh Ham, I'm so sorry. I mean, I was careless. He woke out of his stupor and started prophesying. Cursed be unto Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be. Can you imagine? He even spoke his fourth son and laid a curse on his fourth son when they were not even born. Hey. Touching failure, addressing failure, you touch human government. As much as 
It's possible. Let's pray. When you see your leader, hey, this is the way pastor hmm, is standing with this lady under the tree. Are you really suspect it? Hmm. Then they call the rest of the ashes. Brethren, there's something I've seen. <laughs> I've seen it, brethren. I've seen it. No one can deny it. Let's pray for our pastor. And normally those who come and let's pray for our pastor never pray for pastor. <laughs> let's pray for pastor. Then they start. But Paul said that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Especially, you know what Paul said, brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. You have to pray. You have to pray. You have to pray. After the church, we don't treat our leaders well. In America, a lot of leaders fell into Diverse kinds of sins. And the moment we hear it, ah, we knew it. We knew it. These people, I mean, the way, if you look at the way they've been singing, and uh, these people, uh, <laughs> now sometimes it seems like that, but that may not be the real case. Because we are not God. We don't know it all. At best, let's pray. According to the law of first mention, the first thing Jesus ever said about prayer in the New Testament was, Pray for your enemies. The first thing he said about prayer. The first thing he ever said about prayer and love, the same verse is concerning our enemies and those who despise us. We have to pray. Pray. We have to pray. And beloved, we need to keep our heart as far as ministry is concerned. We can make pure impact as much as possible. A brother came to me Two weeks ago, he has he has been designed to work in the miraculous, in the supernatural, to pray for him. Then I didn't I didn't sense that I should pray for him because I knew that I was just I didn't want any mechanical prayer. The way he was, but his, his his anxiousness affected his desire for the for the miraculous affected me. I re, I felt that if I just pray, I'm just doing something. You know, you know he has come for you to pray for him. Just just pray for him to go. But I just wanted him to have results, so I told him that I'll get back to him. So, as I waited on the Lord, I just took time to inquire of the Lord concerning him. Because he was just hungry for the power of God. And, and as I was praying, all of a sudden, the Lord showed me the key for the answer he's seeking. I saw that he was carrying his whole family into his heart. And it was love. He was carrying his whole, he had to carry his whole family into his heart. Carry them into his heart. That was the key. So he called and I told him. Now I didn't know how that was going to answer for. But when I told him, he said, it's true. He's never liked the family one bit all these years. In fact, the family is here and he is here. He doesn't even want to see them. They, they, and he started narrating the stories. And I realized that he's even done well. I wonder if I could even do it. <laughs> then he, he said, I told him to start praying for them. Uh, love. We need to keep our hearts. Remember, we are one body. Love all the brethren. Love all men. Pray for one another. Paul said, beside those things which are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. Prayer is, just pray. Just love. Let's desire. Hallelujah. Just have the positive. In Jesus' name. The Son of God. Hallelujah.
Praise God. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Give him the glory. I want us to just pray for a while, for just five minutes. Mr. Caleb, can I just lead us? God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.